Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Astros tie up the American League Championship Series in dramatic fashion. First pitch. And Correa lines it deep to right field. Judge is going back at the wall. Looking up. See you later. See you later. See you later. See you later. Astros even the series at a game apiece on the walk-off home run by Carlos Correa in the bottom of the 11th. 3-2. to two, Astros win it. Do they know there's a train there? Oh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. So Correa, a fabulous talent. Homers to right. They won it 3-2 and 11. Tie the American League Championship Series, a game of peace going back to the Bronx where it's going to get cold. And Wednesday, it's going to be rainy. Hmm. All right. The Eagles lost yesterday. Not a stunning revelation to this audience. As they were beaten by the Minnesota Vikings. With that, we bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Hello, Matt. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, so uh, the Eagles uh, take on Minnesota. Kirk Cousins decided to get aggressive, and it made a big difference. Uh, what did you think of the game yesterday? Um, I think it was disturbing to watch on many levels. Once again, the Eagles got off to a slow start. Uh, the pass defense was just horrid. I mean, it, the, the secondary play, specifically the corners, was terrible, but you know, kind of lost in all this that people aren't talking about because there's it was so easy for the wide receivers is, you know, a week after having 10 sacks against the bad Jets team, the Eagles had one sack on Kirk Cousins and barely touched him uh, the rest of the game. And a lot of the problem with the pass defense, I think, is quarterbacks have plenty of time to make just about anything they want happen. But the main problem was, you know, Stephon Diggs is very good. And it really appeared like the Eagles defended him like they were surprised that the the Vikings decided to try to utilize him. You know, when you have two, the, the, the one long touchdown Diggs had, I mean, him and Thielen were both wide open. I don't know quite how that happens. It makes you wonder what, who exactly they were trying to cover on that play. But, you know, it was a disturbing game. They they got into a hole again. When it got to 24-20, you thought, all right, maybe it'll be all right. But then the Vikings just kind of dialed up the, the deep ball again, and the Eagles had no answer. So, uh, but this, you're never as bad as you look when you lose, and despite that, still tied for first with a big game with Dallas Sunday night. Absolutely. Um, the Eagles are as talented as any team in the NFC. I think that's a safe statement to make. What? But what's missing? Sometimes a, a part is missing, a sliver's missing, and there's a domino effect to it. What do you think's missing? Well, on offense, I think they really missed Deshaun Jackson. I think you saw the first game against Washington, you know, now they got off to a slow start in that game, but once they got it cooking with him over the top, how it opened things up, uh, he's, you know, he's been out since week two. He's basically missed every game except for the the Washington game, and it's made the offense uh, very 
much easier to defend because basically the Eagles keep everything in front of them. And like yesterday, they just, I don't know how many times they thought they were going to get the Vikings on that bubble screen. Like I'm calling it from my couch. I know what's coming. So I can only imagine, you know, what the Vikings saw. I think that's the big problem uh, on offense. I think they missed Deshaun Jackson and the way he was, this offense was designed for him to open it up by taking the top off of it. Uh, defending, I, I'm kind of baffled as to why the pass rush is not more consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they miss Michael Bennett and Chris Long from last year, no question about it. But, you know, you still got Brand Graham, you still got Fletcher Cox. There are still guys that, you know, you would think would be able to, to get to the quarterback more consistently. This was supposed to be the big year Derek Barnett breaks through. And he hasn't been terrible by any means, but, you know, he hasn't kind of taken it to that next level. Uh, you know, and I kind of <laughs> – in a way, I kind of look at the Eagles' cornerbacks a lot like I look at the Phillies' starting rotation other than Aaron Nola. Yeah. they got all these young guys that everybody loves to talk about, and you kind of figure, all right, one or two of these guys is really going to take a step and blossom. And they all seem to make the same mistakes, if not regress, from last year. Now, Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are supposed to practice this week, and they, in theory, could come back for this Dallas game, and that would help. Uh, but to be fair, those guys had their issues. I mean, Mills has been out all this year, but Mills had his issues last year before he got hurt, and Darby had his issues before he got banged up. I don't know if that's a scheme thing. I don't know if the inventory's been overvalued, but there's just something off defensively that it doesn't make sense to me. The 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 product on paper isn't matching what we're seeing on the field, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. Um, Fletcher Cox, though, and I think I brought this up to you a couple of weeks ago, I know in this league there are times you have to play hurt. He doesn't quite seem 100% to me, and I think, I mean, I look, Fletcher Cox at 80 or 85% is a heck of a player, but sometimes I keep that last 15% keeps you from being the over-the-top player, and, and the Eagles seem to feed off of him. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, I agree with you. There are some plays, he makes a a lot of plays that don't show up in the right. in the box score, and that's kind of the nature of defensive tackle. Is really if you're doing your, you could have zeros across the board and have a great game because you're taking up space and you're taking up right. guys. Uh, you would just like to see some more numbers, some more big time plays, and we haven't seen that. And like I said, he's not alone. You know, I think last week, even though the Jets were terrible playing a practice squad quarterback, I think a lot of people thought. That maybe the defense had kind of found its stride, kind of found its moxie because of uh, they were coming from all angles. But then what we saw yesterday was pretty much kind of what we've seen most of the year as far as the, the lack of a consistent pass rush and breakdowns, you know, just egregious breakdowns in the secondary where really talented wide receivers are running free. Um, and that just really shouldn't happen. I mean, you could have issues at corner. But you still got Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, a couple of pretty savvy veterans in the middle there. And you would hope that that would minimize the damage, but, you know, that really hasn't been the case. Uh, So I don't know. I mean, we're six games in. There's still a lot of football to be played. But I also kind of think we're maybe getting to the point where you say with the defense, hey, you know what, it is what it is. Like, you know, I don't – we can talk about guys rounding into form returning from injury, but – 
you know, I, I wonder if we if the if there's not enough data in to say, you know what, they're going to have to score 35 a game because the defense just isn't going to be able to get it done. We'll see. Maybe Mills and Darby make a big difference if they're able to play this week, and all of a sudden the secondary makes more sense with Douglas in the slot and stuff like that, and uh, we kind of all breathe a sigh of relief. But uh, I don't know because I mean the Vikings' offensive line is nothing special and it's banged up, and the Eagles couldn't do much to get through it. So. Uh, Dallas is the classic case of the networks trying to will a team back to greatness. Uh, <laughs> look, here they come. Uh, are you sure? I'm not quite sure. I see what you guys are seeing over in the production truck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but in this division, where right now I believe even the Giants are a game back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is this one of those, okay, you can really get some momentum coming out of a game like this, or now, now you can really run up a flag and say, we got a problem here. Yeah, I think there are certain games that are kind of, a, for lack of a better term, like leverage games in your schedule where pressure points, shall we say, where yeah. a lot of what's going to happen the next several weeks will be determined on your performance in this game. And I think this is one of them. Uh, you know, everybody loved Dallas, and they were 3-0. and Oh, here they come. Dak Prescott, better than this guy, better than that guy. All of a sudden, they played some better competition, you know, and the Jets, and the, you know, they've lost three in a row. And for a lot of the game on Sunday, they looked terrible against the Jets. But the Jets being the Jets, Dallas probably still still should have won the game because of how the Jets played the last eight minutes. But you know, Ezekiel <laughs> that's Elliott. A t- that's, is, that's a team that doesn't know how to win. That's what that is. No, I mean you've got Le'Veon Bell, and they're throwing steam patterns up twelve with twelve minutes to go. Like I don't get it. I, I don't understand. <laughs> but that's a different <laughs> look. Who's running the show? Well, you just want. Like, what in the world did you spend all the money to get Le'Veon Bell? If you're going to, you know, force the ball to to, to I hear over it. the hill wide receivers, like it just not, in that situation, that is that is picture perfect. Why you want to Le'Veon Bell there? It just, it, I was bought my, not really having the dog in the fight. I'm watching that game going, what are they doing? What is the <laughs> point of of, the, of this play calling? It's absurd. And sure enough, Dallas gets opportunity after opportunity to come, you know, marching down the field because the Jets insisted on on lengthening the game. But uh, Amari Cooper getting hurt hurts. Yeah. And he's a guy that obviously destroyed the Eagles last year. I think he had 200 and some odd and three touchdowns in one of the games. I don't. It doesn't sound like it's a serious injury, but if he can't play, that is big. But I think we've also got to look. You know, there is nothing in the recent history with this secondary that tells you that Tavon Austin won't drive them nuts. So, you know, the the Cowboys have issues. The Eagles have issues. Whatever team wins this game is going to feel like they've solved a lot of their issues. And whatever team loses this game, I think especially if it's Dallas, if it's four straight losses. And they lose this game on on their home field and on, in prime time. You'll really get a lot of panic down there. But uh, you know, I, this division, I think, it's a lot like the baseball wild National League wild card race was, where I think teams will be in it till the end, yeah. just because no one will be able to put the division away until yeah. week sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, Philadelphia, Dallas, and the Giants all started the season at two and zero because they have the Redskins. Uh, so, uh, finally, I always I want to remind everybody of your uh, fabulous podcast. One-on-one with Matt Leon. Uh, this week, the one that's the latest one available right now is with Cabrini men's lacrosse coach Steve yep. Colfer. He uh, led the, the Cavaliers to their first-ever national championship, and we talk about that, uh, yep. that wonderful ride and his incredible success where he's won 80% of his games at 
out in Radnor. And then on Wednesday, the newest one being available will be with Drexel men's basketball coach Zach Spiker. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Hey, Matt, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Matt Leon from Philadelphia, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Dave Giacchini, next half hour. Following the win over Colgate over the weekend, and the first win for Dave Giacchini at Bucknell. So, uh, looking forward to talking to him about that. It'll be great to talk about a lot of the positives out of that game. And and there were a lot of positives. Tonight, the Lions and the Packers. You can get us up to date here on how we stand. I guess the King had another good weekend. Huh? He was 6-1. and one. Uh <laughs> Rose, the boat's treading water a lot. I yeah. was I was three and four. Uh, I I think I'm. I said two weeks ago I, I'm out of this thing already. There's just no way I'm going to catch up to the king here. So I'm like three above five hundred. Oh, yeah, not not good. Yeah, after a rough three and four week. Yeah, he was. Yeah, King was six and one. You were five and two, and and me a deplorable three and four. Ooh. Why I chose the Dolphins, I have no clue. I'm thinking, I thought, well, wait. Well, it was only a, was a one-point game, right? Yeah, but the you know, starting quarterback, it's just, you know, he's just turning into a NFL bust. Yeah, didn't, I, uh, work, didn't work out in Arizona. Just doesn't look like a good fit in Miami. Hmm. First uh, 50 games of uh, Chip Kelly's coaching career, 36-14. and 14. Last 50 games between the Eagles and UCLA, 13-37. and 37. That's not good. Mm-mm. i tell you who else was really not all that good yesterday was uh, checking, going, just whipping around the NFL quick, NFL quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, and Marcus Mariota, Mariota got he got yanked out of that game yesterday, and I try I tried to watch that game from the UK yesterday morning, and I was just Winston was just a tough watch. I'm wondering if they're they're going to be on different teams next year. Yeah, they might be. Yeah. Uh, I, we got back at four in the morning, so I wasn't I was asleep for a while yesterday, and then I went out and did what I'm supposed to do. I cut the lawn yesterday afternoon, and the last night, so I watched no NFL yesterday. Then I went and watched my grandson play his flag football game. Then I went to practice. And then I put the Steelers on, but it was mostly background for me while I was working on Penn State and Michigan. So I didn't really see a lot of NFL yesterday. Oh, well. Now, I know Temple won because my brother sent me a text before the Iowa kickoff. Hashtag Temple Tough. Yeah. Yeah, he chose and, Temple and, on uh, 
Saturday, yeah. Upper management was at the game on Saturday. I know. Yeah. I know they were, yeah. It was either a family weekend or homecoming for <laughs> Temple this past weekend. Well, they're, you know what? And Temple's got SMU this week, I believe. That should be a really good game, too. Uh, actually, should be SMU 6-0. and But Temple, see, I watched the Maryland-Temple tape, and the the first thing I, I, I called up Jack, and I said, I'll say this. I said, the heck with Maryland. I said, Temple bullied them. I mean, Temple's a tough, hard-nosed physical football team. I like the quarterback, too. So I had a chance to at least see them on tape. So I watched because I watched the Maryland game, and they imposed their will in that game. So <clears throat> well, that was a great win for them beating Memphis. Great win. Georgia lost. You know, South Carolina was using their third string quarterback. Still won the game. And uh, yeah, I'm glad Michigan beat Illinois, but I kept checking score updates on that Saturday. I was like, "Whoa, boy, they have a chance see, to yeah, lose." See, I don't. They have a chance I don't, to lose this thing. I, I don't. I just. I can't quite get a hand. I watch. I, I was watching the tape this morning. I can't quite get a handle on how good Michigan is. I mean, there's certain players. I can look at certain players and go, "Boy, he can." Hutchinson can really play. He's good. Quiddy pays really good. Um, Uche's really good. Uh, Metellus is really good. Hill's really good. You know, and I'm looking at a couple of the wideouts, the running backs, whatever. I'm thinking, I don't point them. Man, I can see a lot of talent there. I just, I just can't quite get a handle on how good they are. Just can't. I mean, obviously, we're going to find out firsthand on Saturday night. I mean, that's we'll find that out firsthand. How good they are. The atmosphere is going to be electric. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. And we will set the scene for you there. Uh, The Niners are still undefeated. How many of you had that in your pool? Nobody. I don't even think the Niners management thought that was possible. (laughs) That defense is legit out there, and the Rams are in trouble. Yeah, Rams are in trouble. Los Angeles is a market's in trouble. That is a market that desperately needs a winner. Let me say this about the Steelers for a moment. Devlin Hodges did a terrific job last night. This is an interesting time to be a Steelers fan. Every time the Steelers have done something over the last decade and a half, it's been with expectations. Expectations bring with it off-season excitement. It also brings with it tension. Nobody has any expectations for the Steeler team. And at least for the moment, for a Steeler fan, isn't that fun? I think don't have expectations? Well, the ironic part of all this, what are the two facets of the team that you're not throwing up red flags about this season so far? The secondary 
and the kicking game. <laughs> what we talk about last year quite a bit <laughs> that was suspect yeah. to criticism. The secondary and the kicking game, but uh, but yeah. getting out of the Chargers game, just concerned for Stephon to it for uh, for for to it. Uh, peck injury. Usually, peck injuries don't turn out all that good. So you just hope it's not a terrible sign. He's going to be out for a huge amount of time. Did uh, do the Steelers have a bye week coming up? They do. Couldn't have asked for a better time for that. Wow. So it'll give Mason Rudolph a little more time to get out of concussion protocol and think he would be good to go and back up to the starting role. Uh, two weeks from tonight, they play the Dolphins, Monday Night Football. It'll be the first of three in a row at Heinz Field. Oh, so they got back-to-back bye weeks. <laughs> That's true. Then the Colts and then the Rams. Well, they got a lot of bye weeks coming up. <laughs> can only hope. Highly competitive Dave, AFC North. <laughs> Dave Cicchini, next half hour, who for the first time in his career did a winning postgame show with Kevin Herb and has lived to talk about it. Did the suit know that they won in the postgame? For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family-operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. What the heck was that dude talking about? <laughs> hey, really? Sean, don't you like it that when people agree with you? We just finish the impeachment talks until the next show. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about people agreeing with you. <clears throat> yeah, but sometimes it's makes it kind of boring. Some days you want to stir it up a little bit. Oh, that's where you're wrong. I just like when everybody agrees with me. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and things are more tranquil and everything's cool and right with the world. So Yeah. Yeah. Perspective. Uh, okay. Well, that was a lot of fun of intellectual mumbo jumbo there. Congratulations on accomplishing it. All right. <laughs> intellectual mumbo jumbo. I can just talk circles around nothing. All right. So, uh, okay. The... Uh, show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And with that, we bring in Dave Cicchini, the head football coach at Bucknell. Dave, first of all, welcome and congratulations on your first Bucknell win. Uh, thank you very much. It was a great day, a great win, and, and uh, a great uh, environment uh, to get the first W. What does it mean for the kids? I mean, we can talk about what it means for you, but you're going to direct it toward the kids anyway. So what did it mean to your young men, especially confidence-wise? And did you see this building? Uh, you know, I did see it building. You know, we, we took some big steps forward uh, the last couple weeks uh, leading into this. Uh, started up 14 nothing against Holy Cross, played a great first half, and then let the game get away from us in the second half. 
And when those similar situations happened in this contest, I mean, it unfolded in almost an identical way. We went up 14 nothing, and, and uh, then we faced a little bit of adversity, turned the ball over on punt, uh, gave them a short field. They scored, and, and it was almost like, okay, are our guys going to be able to weather this storm, or are we going to fold like we did last week? And, and to a man, our players rose to the occasion. They said, we weren't going to let it happen to us uh, this time around, and, and uh, we got after it. And in the end, uh, you know, they, they played incredible football, offense, defense, special teams. Um, you know, we dominated the football uh, game the rest of the way. Well, this is where Alex Peachin comes in because in the Big Ten, Blake Gilligan was the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. I mean, I, I stood there, sat there, and watched him take five punts and dump them inside the ten, and then the other three were fair caught. You've got a real weapon in Alex Peachin. What did he mean in the outcome of the game for you? Oh, well, he was incredible. Uh, you know, uh, about three days prior to the game. <laughs> Uh, we, knew our, we found out that our kicker was was out, wasn't going to be able to play the game, and, and Peachin had to go from you know he's our starting holder. Uh, he had to go yeah. to be the holder to being the kicker, uh, kicking off, hitting the field goals, extra points, in addition to his punting duties. And he did a phenomenal job, uh, two for two on field goals. Did a great job on kickoffs. Uh, put two down inside the ten yard line, I believe, of his five punts. Uh, and then probably the most important play of the, the game on our first drive, second half, uh, we were facing a fourth down and three from midfield, and we went right out there and called a fake punt. He uh, uh, took it uh, 11 yards for the first down, and, and that was a real uh, emotional uplifter to keep us going, and uh, we went on to, to score uh, at the end of that drive as well. So he was he was phenomenal. He was just named the, uh, the Patriot League Special Teams Player right. of the Week, and, and he deserves it. And then the other part of it is the defensive player of the week, Simeon Page. What did it mean to see the performance from him? Yeah, I tell you what, he is another guy who's just gotten better and better. I mean, he's the, he's a player who's the best when we just cut him loose and just say go. And, and uh, we blitzed him a lot on Saturday. He had three and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, three of those were sacks. Uh, he had a crucial pass breakup. Uh, towards the end of the game, kind of a last gasp uh, attempt on fourth down by by Colgate to get back uh, to make it a one-score game, and he batted a ball down. Uh, And then, of course, at the very end, um, uh, he got a chance to scoop up a fumble and return it for a touchdown. So, I mean, he had a dominant performance, uh, you know, for for 60 minutes, but, uh, you know, he wasn't alone. It was without question uh, the, the best 60 minutes of football that our defense has played all season. How much fun was it to really close out a game on your terms? It was great. I tell you, we we laughed a little bit as coaches, but it's like we got into a four-minute offense uh, (laughs) for the first time. And it's like, you know, it's just new territory for your players, you know, letting the clock tick down. And, you know, we're used to being the opposite. Hey, get up and let's snap the football as quickly as we can. So, uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to to finish the game that way, and, and of course to do that successfully. I mean, when when we were trying to run clock at the end of the game, we we held the ball for five minutes and got a couple of cru- crucial first downs, and and uh, really just kept uh, you know every time that we just needed to hold them, keep them from getting back into the game. Our guys just rose to the occasion. It was awesome. Do you like the way your passing game is getting into a rhythm, Dave? I, I do. I, I think that uh, you know Logan 
Bittekoffer, our quarterback, just seems to get more and more comfortable with each passing game. Uh, of course, a lot of that goes, uh, the credit goes to the offensive line. We, we did a great job uh, of protecting him. Uh, he got sacked three times. Two of those times were against the best defensive end in, in the Patriot League. Um, Nick Wheeler, who uh, got the, I think he's the all-time sack leader for Colgate, which is saying something that had a lot of great defensive players over the years, but um, you know, most of the game, Logan had plenty of time, was able to scramble for some big plays if nobody was open, but he was fairly accurate. Uh, the, the thing I was happiest about his performance uh, on Saturday was he didn't throw an interception and didn't come close to throwing an interception, and, and just his judgment uh, keeps getting better and better, and you know, anytime you can win that turnover battle, it's, that's, it's huge. Yeah, no question about it. Four for four in the red zone. Uh, the ability to finish drives, what does that mean to what you're doing? Yeah, I, I think it's something that we did very poorly at the start of the season. We really did struggle uh, in terms of right, you know, from our opening game against Temple, where we got it down there twice and had to set. I'm sorry, three times and had to settle for two field goals and a missed fourth down opportunity. So, uh, really, from from where we started the season to where we are now, uh, we're in a much better place. Uh, and you know it's it's critical when you get down there. You'd like not to to rely on the the field goal attempt, and and uh, we're able to do a great job of of uh, getting in there three times for scores, and, and only relying once on uh, uh, Peach and uh, kicking the field goal. Of course, he did a great job, but uh, uh, it's nice uh, to walk away with seven points as opposed to three. Dave, you've obviously you've won a lot in your career uh, along the way. What is it like for you to teach from a position of victory as opposed to teaching from a position of coming off a loss? Well, you know, the, the message really I sent to the team was understand what got you this victory. I mean, it was a great week of practice. It was a great week of, of you know, guys on the scout team giving a great look uh, to our starting units, a uh, great week of film study. Uh, preparation in the weight room it just it, it just didn't happen magically you know again we played an opponent that's uh, that's a pretty good team certainly no better no worse than holy cross was the week prior uh, we were able to have a much better outcome uh, in this one but uh, you know the message was just understand what got you this victory and you've been rewarded for all that hard work and you earned this victory now we got to go and do it all over again if you're going to expect to win uh, a football game this Saturday against a really talented Towson yeah. you're going to have to do everything you did last week and then a little bit more I'll get to Towson in a moment but you are now one and one in the Patriot is that more of a message than hey instead of being what the record is now you're one and one in the Patriot what does that mean well, I think with the parity that you see in the league, I mean, we're still early on in the season. Since you only play six league contests, it's it's really, you know, some teams have yet to even play two uh, league games, uh, uh, let alone one. So it, it's it, it's really close. Every game has been decided by a touchdown or less, with the exception of our game against uh, Colgate on Saturday. So, uh, you, I really think it's anybody's race, and I, I think it's very, very feasible that a, it's going to be a one-loss team that wind, winds up winning this league or shares it with another team or possibly even in the three-way tie. So we really feel like um, Holy Cross is, is 2-0. Uh, I'm sorry, they're 1-0 in the league right now. 
and you know they're in the driver's seat since they beat us but uh, there's a lot of parity and I'm sure that there's going to be a team that's going to step up possibly even Colgate later on and and uh, get after them and 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 who knows I really feel like it's going to be a, a team with one loss that wins the conference this year and and so I the way I look at it is we've got as good a chance as anybody at winning this thing uh, down to Johnny United Stadium to take on uh, uh, Towson coming up. Uh, they've lost three in a row. One of them, though, was a trip to the Swamp where they were beaten by Florida down in Gainesville, 38 nothing. What makes them one of the top 20 teams in FCS, in your opinion? Well, uh, they've got a great qu- uh, quarterback with a familiar last name, uh, Flacco. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's, he's been playing football for a long time at the collegiate level. I don't know how he's done it. He started off at uh, Western Michigan and transferred to Rutgers. Now he's transferred. Uh, he's a graduate yep. uh, student uh, for Towson. He's very, very talented, like his older brother. Uh, and uh, he really makes them go uh, on offense. They've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde-ish this year. I mean, they, they're a good football team. They lost to, in overtime to an extremely talented uh, Villanova team that, of course, we faced earlier in the year. Uh, then, of course, they lost to Florida, which is understandable. And then uh, they really got beat, uh, embarrassed a little bit by Albany uh, this past weekend. Uh, gave up a lot of big plays and third down situations. The ball bounced the wrong way, and they really struggled on offense. So a little bit hard to get a handle on them. They're very, very talented. They were ranked ninth in the country prior to getting upset. I'm sure they're still going to be in the top 20. Uh, but they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives here. You know, being at three and three, uh, I think another loss, uh, you know, yeah. for, against us would pretty much doom their playoff chances uh, and their their own two in the in their conference right now. So uh, I'm sorry, one and two in their in their conference. So uh, their backs are against the wall. So they're definitely not going to overlook us. Uh, and like I said, they're 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 very talented. When they're good, they're they're very very good. So we got to. Uh, be at our best and, and hope that we get a few bounces that go our way as well. And that game will be 4.30 on Saturday uh, down at Johnny United Stadium down in Towson. Dave, congratulations on the win, the first of many. And uh, to your kids, congratulations to them. Best of luck on Saturday. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. You take care. Dave Cicchini, head football coach at Bucknell, after their win over Colgate on Saturday. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Are you terrified by your old ride? Don't fear. If you want to have a fun day, you have to buy a Hyundai at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Treat yourself to a nicer, newer ride from SFC. Choose from 12 2019 Hyundai Tucsons with $4,000 off starting at $22,369. There's 17 Hyundai Konas in stock starting at only $20,352. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has brand new Sonatas starting under $19,000. Plus, hurry in. There's four Hyundai Palisades in stock. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain, limited warranty. And Hyundai Assurance. Don't be terrified by your old ride. If you want to have a fun day, you have to buy a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he is back. 
Doug in Wellsboro. Hello, Doug. How have you been, Doug? I've been great. I listen every day. I heard you mention it a week ago. Okay, there you go. What is with this John O'Neill guy? Look, I don't know. I'm not going to get judgmental on on, on guys because, you know. I will. As a fan, you as a fan, you can. I really can't, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know that. Um, is, I is, I look. He, I there's certain things that that, for example, the Friermuth play. I don't care. They can tell me till they're blue in the face what they say. They got they flat out got it wrong. Now the other ones, I can't comment on only because I'm watching the ball. So I'm not looking away from the ball. And when it comes to the replays, the doggone television set was over my head, and I couldn't really look up to see it. So you you had a better view than I did, believe it or not. That pass interference call is totally bogus. That kid from Iowa spun around on his own, and, and that there was no pass interference on that. Yeah, I didn't think there was pass interference on that. In fact, the... There was one I think they missed. I thought that was offensive pass interference when John Reed got hit. That was earlier in the game. Is John O'Neill the same guy that made that call against Lehman out in Nebraska? I believe so, yes. Um, he's had a – well, there's not, are they evaluated at all? By the, by the uh, Big Ten. Yeah, that I can that that I can explain. To be honest with you, Doug, I can explain that in detail for you because we've had Bill Carollo on the show, and Bill is the head of officiating in the Big Ten. Every single play is gone over, like all of them, and Bill is evaluating while the game is going on. Believe it or not, and then the the officials are given after the game. After the game, it is sent to their tablets. Hey, you need to take a closer look at this play, this play, this play, and this play. I know people think, and I understand the perception, and I do understand it. So please, I so I'm not I'm not putting down anybody's perception at all. That the perception is, oh, they just let him go and nothing's done. Bill will be the first to tell you, and he's told me this. He says, Steve, he says, believe me, I'm really hard and tough on these guys. And. And I do always come back to this. Let's just let's put put yourself in John O'Neill's shoes for a moment. I mean, I don't know John at all. I mean, when it, basketball referees, I know because we're courtside and we can talk to them. Football referees, we never get a chance to know because there's always that distance. Uh, do you want to be in John O'Neill's shoes today? And people are saying you're awful, you're terrible. I mean, nobody wants that feeling. Well, maybe the suit does. He seems to thrive on it. <laughs> Yeah, but he he makes the same mistakes over and over. This is going on for a while now. And that that is then to me that's the concerning part. The concerning part to me is if if you are making the same mistakes over and over, that is a problem. Uh, and that's that then becomes an issue with all this if you're making the same mistakes over and over. But Bill Carollo and Rick Boyajis and basketballs told me this too. When the game's over, boom, they are sending. This play, this play, this play, this play, this play. Take a long look at this. We're going to talk about it on Sunday. So they do get that kind of evaluation. I thought James handled it perfectly. That's all. I mean, I know what position he's in. He can only say so much, but I thought he handled it perfectly in his press conference afterwards. 
Well, I, I essentially you said the same thing I said on the broadcast. I said on the broadcast, I said Penn State's yeah. the team's only averages four penalties a game. That, that's that's you know they're they're one of the least penalized teams in the country, and I said it. I think I said it in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, I think I, it was in fact it was during the sequence where they scored the three touchdowns. Was it playing right back fun? I thought James had a wig on. I uh, did because uh, I was the I was walking on the plane, and he was on the uh, intercom, and so I walked past him, and he had he had the dreadlocks on, and then I was I just got up to Jonathan Sutherland on the plane, and I was just walking past him, going back to my seat, and James come came up to him, and James was right behind me, literally, and he says, "Hey, let's do a selfie." <laughs> 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 so I, I, I glanced back and thought, this is precious. Sutherland's hey, such a good last, kid, Doug. You'd really like him. So, Hey, one, one last thing. Tell Matt McGloin he's doing an excellent job. He sure uh, is. The insights he gives and, and the reports and stuff from the sideline and the pregame stuff, I mean, we listen to all of it. And you know, all you guys the whole time. And he's doing an excellent job. I really like listening to him. We think he's done a tremendous job. Jack and I have tremendous respect for him, and he brings an insight that's really valuable to the broadcast. I mean, Penn State fans are really lucky. I mean, you got Jack Ham, and you got Matt McGloin, who both have the ability to take you inside and, and tell you why and what's happening and how it happened. I and mean, Penn State fans are really lucky to have those two guys. Well, KOK's got Kevin Hur, so there you go. Well, you know, not everybody can have uh, the ultimate home run hitter, the Babe Ruth of broadcasting, but WKOK does with Kevin Herr. Okay, thanks for your time, Steve. Thanks a lot. D- thanks, Sean. Doug, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. <sighs> yes, we've often referred to Kevin as the Bambino. Wow, so he's upgraded. You, you compared him to Clayton Kershaw last week, and uh, now you got him upgraded to uh, comparing him to the Babe. Wow. Absolutely. It's quite the upgrade within the last four days. No, I was just mostly thinking about off-season shape. (laughs) (laughs) We're big fans of Mr. 298. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I'm glad Doug brought that up about evaluation because I have talked to Bill Carollo about that, and he explained the process. I mean, they it is sent to their phones or to their tablets. I mean, sometimes they're literally sitting in the locker room after the game, and they're looking at their tablets because those are the plays that have been sent. They have they don't leave the locker room till they're done. So it's a little more extensive than people realize. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.